Coming soon to a city near you, Vinitaly Roadshow. Have you ever wondered how to attend Vinitaly for free? Are you a wine trade professional interested in a sponsored trip to Vinitaly International Academy or Vinitaly, the wine and spirits exhibition? Coming soon to Princeton, New Jersey, Harlem, New York, and Chinatown in New York City, Cardiff in Wales, London in England, and Roost in Austria. We'll be giving away our new textbook, Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0. Find out more about these exciting events and for details on how to attend, go to liveshop.vinitaly.com. Limited spots available. Sign up now. We'll see you soon. Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Hello, everybody. My name is Stevie Kim, and this is the Italian Wine Club on Clubhouse. Uh, we've been doing this for, uh, well, this particular show, which is called the Ambassador's Corner, uh, about a year and then some. We are here with our Clubhouse manager, Laika, and Joy is just right. She's really busy doing something. Our Italian Wine Podcast producer. Oh, there she is. And um, today, our ambassador, our host for today's shows is Michele Longari. Ciao, Michele. Come stai? Stevie, how are you? I'm very well. Thank where, you for where, the invite. Yeah, where are you? So, I am uh, in uh, Devon, England, UK. You're very still in, yeah. Is yeah, it... very close to Mark Millon, actually. Just, oh, uh, my goodness. Uh, yes, yes. Did you go see him? Did yeah. Did you meet him? Yeah, I think uh, it was a couple of weeks ago, yeah, because uh, I came back from uh, a trip uh, to Emilia-Romagna, so mm-hmm. I brought him uh, back from Parma a few things that uh, I thought he would enjoy, so I went there, and uh, actually, yeah, we are, uh, it's, it's very weird because I met him in London during my exams, and mm-hmm. I discovered that he's just living uh, like a few miles from uh, from me. It's, uh, yeah, that's crazy, like... right? <laughs> it is. Serendipity. <laughs> Listen, so um, for those who are unfamiliar, Mark Millen is also our Italian wine ambassador, but he's also a podcast host for Italian Wine Podcast. He does a daily show every Tuesday about uh, Italian wine and travel. So you should check that out. He speaks, he's very English. There's a little bit of Korean in him, but he's mostly English because he talks about the weather a lot. By the way, what's the weather like there now? It's uh, actually a lovely weather. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure uh, uh, British people are enjoying this weather because it's very like a, a continental climate because it's uh, freezing cold and uh, with a lot of sun during the day. So actually I'm enjoying this because it's almost like being on the Dolomites. But uh, the weather is changing uh, this, uh, this weekend and things are going back to normal. So like uh, like lot of rain. Yes, a lot of rain. Yeah. <laughs> so here it's actually quite um, cold and in Verona and also raining as well. So it feels more like England today. So Michele, um, Michele is, of course, our newly acclimated Italian wine ambassador. He did the course at the Institute where it was held, Institute of Masters of Wine, a small group, but a very good group. Um, it, it was a bumper crop. And he was part of the, uh, the, the newly acclimated, certified Italian wine ambassador. So, but um, how long have you been in England, Michele? Almost 10 years, actually. I moved to the UK um, 10 years ago. And what My were beca- you doing 10 years ago? <laughs> so back in Italy, back then, I was uh, uh, working as a software engineer. So something completely different, but I was always uh, passionate about wine and uh, basically all my holidays uh, were spent traveling around all the regions of Italy, discovering new wines and new food. So with the first, uh, let's say, salaries from my job, I decided to 
start the professional course for sommelier with the uh, Italian Sommelier Association. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, uh, you know, to, to learn something more about wine, I wasn't even 100% sure to uh, take the final exams. Uh, but then, uh, as you probably would expect, the more I was involved with wine, and the less I wanted to be involved with computers and coding. So, <laughs> so this um, happens to some of you folks when you get the wine bug, right? You yeah, I mean, it's you drop uh, everything from computer engineering to you yeah. know. And so I moved to the specialist. Yeah, I moved to the UK ten years ago uh, to do um, a master program in uh, wine business management. And then, basically, while I was uh, still writing my master dissertation, I got a job offer for uh, from uh, Haywise, which is the company I work for uh, uh, today. And uh, since then, I've been living here in the UK. Uh, basically, I am a purchasing director, so my main responsibilities within the company are to um, making sure that our portfolio is. Uh, uh, consistent and that basically we uh, are always up to date in terms of the new trends or what consumers are asking. And in particular, I am uh, um, responsible for our direct imports from uh, uh, Spain, France, and uh, obviously Italy. Okay. So tell us a little bit about Hay Wines. Yeah, Hay Wines is uh, um, a very small uh, independent uh, family-run business. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's based in uh, Ledbury, Herefordshire, so actually uh, mm, uh, very close to the border with uh, Wales. And uh, um, talking about Wales, the other very weird thing about uh, the London exams is, uh, is also that uh, in London I met also Robert Maggi, that was obviously another ambassador mm-hmm. uh, that day. And uh, Actually, he is very close to where the company is based, and I never met him, not even, you know, in tasting or trade tasting. And, uh, but I've he's been based in, in Cardiff, right? Yeah, he's in Cardiff. And basically, when, uh, from Devon, when I go to, the, to, to AYS, which is based up north, basically, mm-hmm. uh, I always uh, pass from Bristol, that is very close to Cardiff, and, uh, but I never met him, and uh, like Mark Miller. So it, it was very weird. It was almost like... Uh, uh, a coincidence, but it was uh, incredible. And uh, it was very good to, to meet also Robert because obviously he is um, uh, very much focused on uh, Puglia. And uh, I didn't know a lot about Puglia and uh, spending more time with Robert was very helpful because, uh, uh, you know, he knows uh, a lot about mm-hmm. Puglia wise. And talking about a wise, yes, it's a small independent business in total. Uh, we are uh, uh, seven employees plus uh, Jane and Chris that are the company owners. And uh, from the from the very beginning, I was very lucky because Jane and Chris gave me uh, a lot of trust. So, for instance, uh, the first uh, project they gave me was to basically update our Prosecco portfolio. And I remember that uh, we, we took back then uh, a very brave choice to focus specifically on Valdobbiadene and Prosecco DOCG. And... Um, uh, Back then, Valdobbiadene was not as famous as it is today, but they gave me a lot of trust. And uh, we were among the first, for instance, to import like Olfondo Prosecco or uh, Cartizze. And it was uh, very good. And uh, um, the thing I really like about AYS is the fact that uh, since Jane and Chris have also, also they have a different background, they, are in, they were in the pharmaceutical industry, they started the business just out of passion so there is not uh, like the strategy is not like about profit or margin it's, it's more about uh, making sure that we always have uh, little gems or uh, something very interesting to offer to our customers okay so we could talk about this all day but we have to get on with the show and i know you you have chosen marta locatelli from yeah. tenuta di angoris yeah um, to be on the call today. Why did you choose Marta? Well, it's um, uh, actually I think that uh, um, uh, the wines from Friuli Venezia Giulia are becoming more and more popular uh, on the international markets. And I see this uh, every day with my job. Uh, however, I think that this region has a level of complexity, both in terms of uh, wine styles and uh, culture and history, that requires a lot of study and focus in order to fully appreciate their wines. So Tenuta Dangoris is a, an uh, historic producer of Friuli Venezia Giulia, and I think their wines uh, and uh, a good conversation with Marta will be able to give uh, our listener a clearer view on uh, the region's potential in terms of uh, winemaking. Okay, 
And as you know, we get a little bit geeky around here because from the for the VIA community, what are the learning objectives that we should expect from your call today? Well, it's um, I think it, it's important that um, at the end of this session, we get uh, a better understanding of uh, the traditional wine style and grape varieties of Friuli Venezia Giulia. And uh, I think also what is very important is uh, um, to get a clear understanding of uh, three uh, very important subregions of Friuli Venezia Giulia, which are uh, uh, the zones of Alley, the Colli Orientali and obviously Collio, because they have uh, specific characteristics and uh, uh, they are completely different. So I think that uh, if at the end of this session we were able to get a clear understanding of just these three subregions, it will be um, a very good outcome. Okay, excellent. So Michaela, this is the, the moment where I leave you and I get to shut up, which as you know, never happens, you know, right? So, and then I will mute myself and so you can start the show and I will come back uh, towards the end of the shows to see if there are any questions. Okay. Okay. Okay, excellent. Alrighty. Thank you. Okay. Hi, Marta, how are you? Hi, Michele. Hi, Stevie. I'm very, I'm very fine and thank you very much for this opportunity, really. Oh. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So just uh, uh, I'm going to give a brief introduction of uh, uh, yourself. Uh, obviously, you are Marta Locatelli and uh, you are the president of uh, Tenuta Dangoris. Your background actually is uh, in law because you graduated in law, but then uh, you decided to combine your uh, passion for wine with your deep uh, interest in the marketing and in particular for uh, uh, events. Uh, Tenuta Dangori, as I mentioned before, is uh, an historic producer of uh, Friuli Venezia Giulia. And uh, um, as I also mentioned before, one of the learning objectives of today is to get a, a better understanding of uh, three uh, main dock areas of Friuli Venezia Giulia, so Coglio, Friuli Coglio Orientali and Friuli Zonzo. And um, yeah, so this is why basically I wanted to have uh, um, a conversation yeah. with you. First of all, uh, did I give uh, a clear introduction or uh, about yourself, or do you want to add uh, something more? No, it's it's okay. You you told uh, enough about us. Uh, the first important thing is that we are very very historical estate, a very historical winery, at the end and seventeen years old, and so it's a very long long time that. Uh, we produce uh, wine, and I think that is one of the oldest uh, winery in all the Italy. And uh, the DOC is very important because we we are very big. We have uh, a lot of hectares. Uh, we have uh, near six hundred hectares, and uh, for the vineyard we have eighty-five hectares. And these hectares is inside the three DOC. Uh, what you said before, you see Zonzo, you see Colio, and you see Colio Orientale. It's a very, very important to to, to have a, a many kind of wine, a many kind of uh, quality of the wine, and the variety is uh, a, really a lot. Yeah, and uh, I think that um, um, we could start our conversation. Uh, I think we need. Uh, before that, I think we need to talk about uh, a little bit about uh, the history of uh, uh, Friuli Venezia Giulia and uh, obviously of uh, uh, Tenuta d'Angoria. And, and talking about history, um, I know that you have recently completed a very important publication together with uh, uh, Stefano Cosma, um, a book uh, that actually has a very intriguing title that is uh, Langoris, uh, Storie di Vini e Cavalieri, so Langoris, uh, Stories of uh, Wines and Knights. Um, can you tell us a bit more about this important work and uh, um, what are actually the most important and interesting things you found out while uh, completing this uh, research? Sure. And thank you, Michele. Uh, this is very important for us. Uh, and uh, for this reason, I would like to introduce my uh, my daughter. Her English is really, Hi, everybody. <laughs> really better than mine. And for the first question, uh, because it's uh, uh, the heart of our winery, the story and the many things that uh, 
begin in in this in this period and for the book i i thought that it's better that julia uh, can explain in uh, in the short time uh, what is the focus in this book in this uh, big story Thank yeah of course you. ciao julia okay. Okay, hello everyone. Uh, I'm very glad to be at this, uh, this call. Uh, so, uh, Angoris has, uh, like my mother has just said, uh, 370 years of family and uh, culture history, which I will resume in the most relevant facts. So, uh, Angoris was founded in 1648. Uh, it was uh, a part of the Austro-Hungaric Empire which uh, Ferdinando III uh, um, uh, gave uh, as a reward to Locatello Locatelli, which is the first owner of our family um, property. Since then, the property uh, has always belonged to our family, so um, it has passed through generation. During uh, the First World War, Locatelli's villa turned also into a military hospital residence for helping the, 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 the injured warriors. So it had many functions over the years. Uh, the first thing that uh, we discovered during the research of uh, the book was the name Langoris, which in Italian means a big land. Langoris uh, has uh, born in the 16... Um, century during the the age of chivalry as you were saying before knights and uh, and uh, and culture but uh, the curious thing here is that the italian culture relates the term uh, knight uh, not just to um, meanings of strength and courage but also of kindness elegance and rescuing the pure pe the poor people so it has a really deep and, in my opinion, beautiful um, meaning. That's it. Yes, thank you, Julia. It's very beautiful because uh, um, Cavalieri, Storie Divini e di Cavalieri, Cavalieri is uh, uh, the person, the property inside this uh, um, estate. And the style of this person is to help the worker and to give some land, to give the house, so everybody can work in the more, um, in better conditions, you know, in 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 situation more um, better than 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 before. And this is the reason because we we introduced the the, the word cavalieri. Another important thing in the book is uh, that uh, the family Locatelli was only one, the, the only property, you know? This is very particular because uh, it's a long time that Locatelli family uh, in, in many, many generations was the only owner. The name of Locatelli is very close to this land, it's very close to uh, Langoris Winery. This is very particular for me. Yeah, and actually, I always, um, um, since I discovered your story, uh, I always thought it was uh, um, incredible, the, the fact that, obviously, uh, the name Locatelli was uh, a, a name that actually uh, kept going on uh, uh, during the centuries, because it's something quite uh, unusual, and it's very unlikely that uh, you have uh, this uh, uh, consistent presence of the same uh, uh, family, in particular because, obviously, Probably Venezia Giulia had a very uh, complicated history. If we think about all the different uh, um, reigns and people that uh, uh, came, and then obviously during uh, uh, World War One was uh, um, um, uh, a region that uh, was deeply uh, affected. And uh, I remember also, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that. Uh, uh, villa Locatelli, that basically is basically your uh, uh, villa uh, in the estate. Yes. Uh, during World War One, was used as yes. uh, an hospital. Is it correct? Yes, was an hospital, and uh, one of uh, the um, particular thing is the 
Vittorio Emanuele, you know, the, the king of yeah. Italy, come to visit this hospital. This is what we, we, we found uh, into the research and uh, come to visit the military. And it was uh, great uh, because we have pictures uh, that uh, Vittorio Emanuele come inside the villa in the park because around is a very big park, a secular park. And it's uh, one of uh, the most uh, emo emotional, emo Julia? Yeah, emotional. Emotional uh, thing uh, that uh, I, I found I research, during my research. Yeah, I, I agree. Actually, the fact that uh, your villa was used as uh, a military hospital and that obviously the King of Italy came to visit uh, your villa is something that... Uh, uh, combined with the uh, even more ancient history of your estate is something quite uh, yes. uh, unique. Um, okay, thank you very much, Marta and Julia. I think this introduction was uh, really necessary to give uh, our listener uh, a better understanding of the important role uh, uh, that Tenuta Dangoris had in the history of uh, your region and the very deep roots that uh, Tenuta Dangoris has uh, in uh, uh, your region. Uh, I think now we shall finally move to the core of our conversation that obviously is uh, wine. And uh, first of all, uh, uh, can, you, can you tell us what are uh, um, the main uh, grape varieties uh, grown uh, in your estate? And uh, generally speaking, how would you describe the style uh, of your wines? Okay, thank you. Uh, yes, uh, uh, you said before that uh, we have three DOC. Uh, I can um, explain like this. In the lowland, uh, we produce uh, a variety uh, international like Pinot Grigio and Sauvignon. And this is two principal uh, wine that we have in the lowland. In the hill, uh, DOC Colio and DOC Colio Orientali, you can find a more indigenous wine that you know, Michele, that is very, very important now because the market is asked for this kind of wine. And in Friuli, the indigenous is uh, Friulano, Ribolla Gialla, um, Schiopettino, red, red, very particular, very fun red wine, uh, Pignolo and Refosco. And uh, the particularity of my wines uh, are in, uh, in uh, three words I can explain. Uh, you know, Michele, there are, there we have uh, a, a white, but also the red wine uh, with a lot of acidity and with a lot of uh, minerality. And uh, I think that uh, one of the most important characteristics that we have is Purity, purity, because our wine is really elegant and clean. This is because uh, we try to, um, to use the traditional method with the modern technical. So we use, we use both the way to have a, a really tradition, but also purity and elegant wine. You know, it's uh, very, very interesting because uh, when you taste, uh, you feel that it's Friulano, you feel that it's Ribola Gialla, but you feel also the cleaning side and the great, great minerality. And you can drink more because the acidity and the minerality can drink more wine than uh, just one glass. This is... <laughs> Very, yeah, very, no, absolutely. Very and important, you know. It is, <laughs> it is obviously very important, in particular for people doing our job, which is uh, selling wine. If uh, wine is very easy to drink, it's uh, obviously much, much better for uh, uh, for people doing our job. And uh, uh, I must say that uh, I totally agree with your uh, 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 with how you described your wines, because I think that uh, uh, from uh, the uh, let's say. Uh, the wines from the Isonzo to the wines from Coliorentale and Colio. I think all yes. uh, your wines have in common this uh, very high acidity, incredible uh, uh, freshness. Uh, obviously, 
there is uh, also elegance and uh, drinkability is very important. And uh, I totally understand what you mean when you say that you're trying to combine uh, traditional winemaking with modern techniques. Uh, because I think, I don't know if you, if you would agree, but I would say that a perfect example of this is, for instance, uh, uh, the Pinot Grigio you have uh, in the Angoris range, so from Collier in Thali, where actually uh, you started to make it with the uh, Ramato winemaking, which is actually how Pinot Grigio was always made in, uh, in your region, which is uh, not like... Uh, Pinot Grigio blush or rosé is not completely white, is uh, ramato, so copper in color. And I remember the first time uh, I tried this, uh, the Pinot Grigio uh, in, in uh, ramato version with you. Uh, I was very impressed because uh, uh, I think it's exactly what, uh, what you just described. So the fact that yeah. there is this very traditional winemaking, but made uh, in a very modern and uh, easy drinking style. Yes. Yes, it's true. This I think this is the 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 only way for the wine now. And the different uh, that you said uh, from uh, the low uh, from DOC is also and the DOC Colio Coliorientali. The different is that uh, in uh, in the flat area in the land in the low area you find a uh, uh, very fresh uh, very fresh uh, wine. Also, the red is drinkable and fresh. And uh, no so high grado, grado gradu, graduation, like graduation, not so high. It's still uh, 11, 11 and a half, 12 for the red. And uh, in the hill, like Pinot Grigio that you said, uh, uh, we have more structurate, more uh, intense wine, the white, and the red is aging wine. So we can produce uh, like Pignolo. If I don't know if you if you know that Pignolo is uh, 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 very difficult to find this variety in Friuli. Uh, we have just one hectare, and we produce this wine uh, for a traditional method. So four years in the tonneau and two years in the bottle. So it's a very particular aging red wine. And this wine, uh, we have the grape is in uh, on the hill, DOC Coliorientali. So the difference is uh, that the hill gives us uh, a very complex, uh, very complex uh, white and red wines. And the low area gives us uh, a crispy and freshness wine, easy to drink, uh, and uh, uh, for in you can drink you can you can uh, drink in 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 many way not only for uh, uh, for eat but uh, for the aperitif and this is very important because it's not two different wine it's two different kind to drink. Italian wine podcast brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I must say that uh, I notice this uh, every day since we uh, obviously as uh, Hay Wines have been importing your wines for, I think, five or six years now. I always noted that uh, the different wines you have uh, uh, between the Zonzo, Collio Orientale and Collio, they have uh, completely different uh, styles and actually are able to um, target uh, different kind of uh, consumers, which I always thought was, uh, from a strategic point of view, something uh, very important and actually very uh, difficult to find. And talking about uh, uh, your uh, um, focus on uh, quality and uh, let's say, all the winemaking process. Uh, I know that in the last few years, you have um, invested a lot of uh, uh, resources on uh, quality control and uh, traceability. So basically, uh, you made the huge improvements uh, uh, to your chemical um, analysis lab, and a lot uh, was also done in order to make sure that you had strict control over the uh, production process, from uh, basically vineyard management to uh, the bottling process. Um, can I ask you, uh, why did you decide to focus on these uh, specific activities and uh, what kind of uh, results were you able uh, to achieve? Thank you, Michele. 
this is very, very important for us and I think for the clients. Uh, between the between the wine uh, the winery and the clients uh, is very important that born uh, a good uh, relation and it's very important that the client can find in the wine uh, all the descriptions that uh, he needs that, that they need and for this reason uh, uh, we invest in the uh, seller uh, and we invest also in uh, uh, many, many technicals for uh, produce the wine. And uh, one of the most important things uh, that you can find in Angora is uh, that we have all the chain, uh, la filiera produttiva, the uh, chain product wine, all the chain inside the winery. So the grape from the grape to the bottle from the grape to the glass and we have inside all and uh, the laboratory is very important because our winemaker do the analysis and decide when is the time to harvest and we decide and uh, it's important the imbottigliatrice um, how i can i mean imbottigliatrice because uh, we, uh, we, we have the, the possibility to introduce our wine in the bottle after the time that we decide. So the traceability is important and you can do, I think, only in a, a, a state uh, similar to Angoris, when you find uh, all the chain uh, productions wine inside. And this is uh, honest, uh, uh, um, honesto, uh, is uh, honest. honest for uh, uh, the client because uh, for every uh, questions that they have, we have an answer. And yeah, I, I think it's a very important point, Marta, because obviously um, uh, nowadays it's... Uh, uh, very difficult to manage uh, uh, an estate like Angoris uh, without the need of uh, outsourcing uh, any kind of uh, activities. And it's very difficult to do everything with uh, um, uh, its own staff. So uh, I totally agree. Something very important is also is something that uh, uh, I think gives uh, a, a very clear idea on uh, um, how much uh, is uh, um, important for you that uh, your wines are able to describe and depict basically uh, your ideas. So the fact that you don't want to outsource anything is uh, also because in this way you are able to have uh, uh, everything under your control and uh, you are able to make sure that uh, uh, when the wines are in the bottle is exactly the kind of expression uh, you wanted. And... Uh... Uh, you know that in this way you find uh, the quality because the quality is is this is the control is the uh, traceability and uh, the quality is not only the is very very important the quality of the wine but also for us uh, for our wine is a, a very important the health you know uh, the health yeah. for productions and another thing that we received uh, uh, from 10 years ago, the certificate for the sustainability winery. And this is a very, very hard work, but we, we believe that the sustainability in the winery, the sustainability in the, in the cellar, and the sustainability also for the price, is one of the most important things uh, for your products, for my products. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Marta, uh, going back to uh, the uh, the three DOC uh, that actually you are making uh, uh, in Tenuta d'Angori, so the uh, Friuli Zonzo, uh, the Friuli Colli Orientali, and obviously uh, Collio. Could you please tell us what uh, what are the most important characteristics and also the main differences of these uh, three uh, sub-regions, sub-zones. Okay, the, uh, thank you, Michele. The difference uh, is the terroir, because we are very close 
the um, Isonzo is uh, far from uh, Colio, Colio Orientale, uh, 10 kilometers. But in this short, uh, this very close, but it's completely different terroir. And uh, Isonzo, you find the uh, ter uh, fluviale, terreno fluviale, uh, river, river, river. Um, Rivers land, rivers land, yes, because it is the land uh, that is also the, the, the river from uh, the Isonzo area uh, live. So there are a lot of stones and uh, many, many um, dry, it's very dry uh, land. And uh, this is the region, the reason, because you find very crispy and uh, fresh wine because the uh, land is uh, fluviale the origin is fluviale and uh, here you have uh, a volcanic soil the name is ponca is another thing is very different you mean that uh, you can taste uh, uh, the white chardonnay that we uh, you know that we have the chardonnay spiule and we make in doc colli orientali you can taste our Chardonnay. It's very similar to the Chardonnay you can find in the south of Italy because it's volcanic. So it, the soil um, is very heavy and give many substance to the plant. And so the wine is full of body, very intense. And the graduation is high. You know that uh, the white on the hill that we produce in the hill have uh, 15 degrees. So it's very strong wine and red also. Yeah, it's, uh, I think that for uh, um, one thing that uh, uh, I found very interesting the first time I tried uh, all uh, uh, your wines uh, was that obviously if you do uh, a tasting and you start from uh, uh, the wines from uh, Isonzo and then you go up uh, Collio Rentani and then Collio, it's uh, incredible they, how different they are. So they taste like wines that come from completely different regions. And actually, when uh, I visited you, uh, actually the, the vineyards of the Isonzo and the Coliorentali are just maybe 10, 15 minutes by car. But in just 10, 15 minutes by car, you are able to get uh, a level of uh, a difference that is uh, just uh, incredible. And uh, um I think what you just said is very important. The main, the main difference is obviously the type of soil, where in this zone, so we have these uh, fluvial sediments, uh, while on the hills, Colio Orientale and Colio is mainly volcanic and ponca. And uh, there is a difference in soil and microclimate in just a matter of a few miles, which makes, uh, gives a lot of complexity to um, the range of wines you are uh, offering. I always uh, uh, thought that this was uh, uh, very, very interesting for uh, wine uh, uh, enthusiasts. And uh, you just uh, uh, touch um, about your Spiole Chardonnay, uh, which is actually one of the wines that is in uh, um, your uh, uh, Riserva Giulio Locatelli range. Uh, the uh, Riserva Giulio Locatelli range is, uh, uh, I think, uh, uh, a quintessential expression of uh, your own terroir and also your history. Um, can you tell us a bit more about uh, the four wines included uh, in this range and uh, um, what do they represent for you as a, at a personal level? Um, I wanted to dedicate uh, for a special type of wine called, uh, as you said, Riserva Giulio Locatelli. Uh, not just to make a different kind of uh, a special kind of wine, but also to remember his legacy, which represents uh, for us uh, a beautiful perspective of the wine production and especially uh, his... Uh, um, concepts of uh, uh, seeing the wine connected to the expression natural of Mother Earth, which is a, a very um, romantic way of seeing uh, the wine production um, on my point of view, in a personal level, as, as you said. You know, Michele, that uh, Giulio 
it was my grandfather and it was grand grandfather to Julia. And uh, for us uh, to remember him is really important because uh, he gives to us uh, really a lot. So this four wine is for him. And I think that uh, probably it's for lucky is for lucky wines because we, we receive many grad graduations, many uh, certificates, and this is, is yeah, awards. Yes, awards. We receive many awards, and uh, it's for fantastic wine. But you 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 said before, and I'm really really happy that you think uh, this for uh, for a reserva Giulio. Yeah, Rotelli. I mean it's. Uh, uh... I think it's a is a is a, a range of wine that is uh, uh, very very interesting because obviously as you mentioned you have the the Spiole Chardonnay which is the Chardonnay uh, that has uh, almost like a um, a level of uh, uh, saltiness to it. It is it, very mineral, a lot of uh, like an almost salty character. Then uh, uh, you have obviously your Collio that has been winning the. Trabicchieri, Gambero Rosso for for many many years and is uh, consistently at the top in terms of uh, um, some of the best Italian white wines. And then uh, obviously you have the the Merlot, the Ravosto, which is like uh, a very powerful and strong uh, Merlot. And then the Pignolo, the Pignolo, as you said, is uh, I think a little gem. Uh, very difficult to find because Pignolo is a late ripening variety. It's very difficult to uh, grown pignolo and uh, in the past a lot of people decided to avoid using pignolo because it was it was just uh, very difficult and uh, uh, you are among the few that still have uh, an authentic pignolo and uh, uh, in addition to this uh, range of wines which i think uh, are uh, unmissable for uh, uh, wine lovers to try at least once. Uh, one of the latest additions to your catalog was uh, a wine that uh, uh, I think combines a great character and uh, a lot of uh, finesse and elegance. Uh, I'm talking about obviously the Pinot Nero Albertina. Um, do you believe that the Pinot Nero as a great variety can play a more important role in the coming years for uh, uh, the Friuli Venezia Giulia uh, wine industry? Okay, Michele, thank you because uh, Albertina is uh, 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 we, we we need to uh, uh, to give a, a little introduction because Albertina is dedicated to my grandmother, uh, the wife of Giulio, and because the characteristics, the elegance and the strongness is the same characteristics that my grandmother has. And so we have the one uh, wine for my grandmother and the four for my grandfather. This is really important. Uh, I think that is a, a type of uh, wine which has not a definite identity. Uh, our Pinot Noir is elegant, is fresh, no oaks, but uh, we can, uh, you can produce in many ways. And for this reason, I cannot answer, Michele, to your question. I cannot answer yes or no, because uh, uh, there are many, many kind of uh, uh, many ways that you can produce the Pinot Noir. So you can taste a different Pinot Noir. And this wine don't have a, a one identity only one identity, especially in Friuli, Venezia, Giulia. Probably in Trentino, Alto Adice, you can find one kind of Pinot Noir. But in Friuli, there are a lot. And I don't know if uh, could be important uh, or a principle or a important wine for Friuli, Venezia, Giulia. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that... Uh... The level of diversity uh, of Pinot Nero you can have in Friuli Venezia Giulia is at the same time a strength 
and the weakness. It's obviously a strength because you are able to taste many different styles and versions of Pinot Nero. Uh, but then it's also a weakness because uh, probably for wine consumers, are, it's difficult to understand what is the Friuli Venezia Giulia Pinot Nero, what is uh, a specific style. Uh, nevertheless, I think that... Uh, uh, when, you, when you introduced the Pinot Nero Albertina, uh, I think it was very, very interesting. And uh, in particular, obviously, uh, working in uh, uh, an international market like uh, the UK market, where obviously Pinot Nero, Pinot Noir is a very, very important variety and very popular, uh, it was uh, great to um, uh, have our uh, customer try a Pinot Nero from Friuli Venezia Giulia, which is, was something quite uh, unique and uh, I think that uh, uh, the fact that you decided to go for a very fresh, uh, light style was uh, um, a winning choice because obviously avoiding oak, you were able to retain uh, a lot of the freshness, uh, acidity and the beautiful fruity character of uh, Pinot Nero. And uh, yeah, this is why I wanted to ask you the question because I think it's uh, potentially a great variety that, uh, I mean, it's a big question mark, but potentially is a great variety that can... Uh, uh, give a lot uh, uh, to Friuli Venezia Giulia and uh, uh, yes, your estate in particular. Uh, so we, um, there are. Uh... You know that uh, this is one of my favorites wine in, in absolute Pinot Noir. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I remember when uh, uh, I came to visit you for Bocci di Vigneto, your uh, event after the harvest. Uh, I remember that uh, when you described uh, the Pinot Nero, you were very, very, very passionate. And uh, I could tell that Pinot Nero was uh, one of your favorite uh, varieties. And I must say that uh, it must be very nice for you to have uh, that kind of wine within your uh, uh, portfolio now. Um, I, I want to leave uh, a few minutes to. Um, question for Stevie or the listener. So I have uh, a couple of very quick questions for you, and then uh, I will leave uh, uh, the word to Stevie. Um, so as you know, uh, the 2022 edition of uh, Wine to Wine uh, took place last month in Verona, and um, uh, it was uh, a fantastic event. It was uh, the first time after the pandemic that was like a, an in-person event. And uh, the topic of the business forum was uh, wine communication. Um, my question to you uh, is, um, as a company's uh, director um, and with your uh, experience in marketing and events, you have always uh, given a lot of uh, importance to international market and the export markets. From your direct experience, could you tell us what are uh, the three most important, let's say, words or adjectives to be used uh, when communicating and promoting Italian wine uh, abroad? So I'm not uh, talking about specifically to Friuli Venezia Giulia, but more in general, when uh, uh, you need to promote Italian wine uh, abroad on the export markets, what do you think from your experience are uh, the three most important uh, words to be used? Okay, Michele, very, very uh, short. Three words. There are identity for me, history, and a good balance from uh, quality and price. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's, uh, you cover very important uh, uh, um, area because obviously identity uh, is uh, what describes better Italian wine and uh, I think part of uh, the job of uh, Italian wine ambassador is to be able to share this kind of identity to uh, the consumers all around the world and uh, uh, the last question to you is something that uh, I wanted to ask you because obviously uh, I know that uh, you are very much committed on marketing and events uh, and um, so, web and social media, PR and press, wine tourism and hospitality. So, these are three big marketing channels. Uh, if you were given, uh, for example, enough resources, time, money, to be invested on only one of these three marketing channels, what would you do and why? Okay. For me, the best thing that I can do is only one, is tourism, wine tourism, and hospitality. Because in this way, you can give not only a taste, not only a glass of wine, 
but very interesting emotions and people can remember you for many many times yeah it's uh, i think is uh, um the the answer i was probably expecting in particular for the fact that i know uh, how much uh, is important for you that uh, people and uh, customers are actually uh, visiting your estate and uh, visiting also the, the, the region. And uh, I totally agree. I think that uh, hospitality and wine tourism is something very important for Italian wine in general, but uh, even more important for Friuli Venezia Giulia, because as I mentioned at the very beginning, Friuli Venezia Giulia, I think, is a region that uh, um, has a very complex culture and history. And even if uh, it's uh, a small region, the level of complexity in just a matter of miles is uh, huge. So actually, the only way to get a clear understanding of uh, uh, your region and then obviously your wine, I think, is by visiting uh, your wine, your winery, your estate, the vineyards, spending a bit time. And uh, uh, that's the best thing that actually um, people can do. Um, okay, so um, I am uh, done with my question. Thank you very much, uh, Marta and uh, Julia. Uh, Stevie, I will leave uh, uh, the room for you uh, if you have any other questions. To say. Hello. Excellent. Thank you very much. You, you understand now why Michele has become our Italian wine ambassador. He's incredibly thorough uh, in doing the deep dive here with, with his guest today. So, Marta. Ciao, Marta. Ciao, Stevie. Ciao. Ciao. So um, I have a question. What what I always ask is basically, can you give us, and I know that you did the very specific questions with Michele, can you just give us an overview of how many wines you have and the volume of production? Okay. Thank you. So yes. how many, you know, how, what, many, how kind? many labels? How many kind? Yes. Yeah. And also we the have, number of bottles you produce. We have in totally 20 kinds of uh, uh, wine and I thought uh, so. a lot yes, <laughs> yes a lot because we have a lot of vinya and we have a lot of uh, grapes uh, different grapes and this is so how many uh, hectares how many hectares do you have 85 mm -hmm. but now we plant more 10 hectares so until uh, 100 Right, you're getting towards 100 now. Yes. Which is quite large, uh, right? Six and a half hundred bottles. Uh, six and... So six, six million hundred. bottles? Six hundred and half. Uh, oh, 650,000. Six hundred and fifty thousand. thousand, yes, thousands. Sorry. Okay, 650,000. Yes, sorry. Yeah, see. just to get, get an idea. And so tell us a little bit about the different lines you have. The, the line we La, have... Uh, diverse serie. Yes, we have two lines. The line, uh, the first one's name is uh, Villa Locatelli because mm -hmm. the vigna is close to the villa. And this line uh, comes from uh, uh, land area. Uh, so it's the wine that are more fresh, uh, more uh, uh, drinkable. And uh, the second line is the line that uh, the name is Angoris, like the name of uh, our... Uh, uh, estate and uh, this wine uh, uh, comes from the hill and so it's a different line because like I said before it's more structured and uh, it's more better for uh, compare with the with the food okay so how um, do you, what would you consider your signature wine if you were to choose one and I know the producers hate this question because they're like all of your children, right? All of the different wines. You have 20. You feel like they're all your children. But if you were to choose one representative wine for, for your company, Angoras, which wine would it be and why? Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you for this question. Uh, for me, the, the, the wine that we have in, uh, in Friuli, one of the best, not only for me, but for many, many producers, is the Friulano. Mm -hmm. you, you remember that the, the, the name Tokai, before, right? yes, yeah, was Tokai. Yeah. The Friulano, especially from Colio Orientali or Friulano from Colio, is very particular. It uh, seems like uh, um, aromatic a little bit, 
So it seems like Sauvignon, but much more stronger. And uh, you feel like, uh, uh, how can I say, Michele, Pietra Focaia, like Fumé, like... A... Flint, Flint. Yes, yes. And, and can I also add the gum powder, which is always when uh, mm -hmm. I always try your uh, your Friulano, it, it always smells like gum powder. It's uh, like uh, incredible. And Flint, yes. Flint. And uh, another reason is because the um, Vigna... Uh, up on uh, Rocca Bernarda is uh, DOC Colli Orientali is very very old our vigna Friulano vigna is uh, uh, from uh, the end of the second world and so we have a very very old plant that give us uh, a strong very strong intense uh, white wine okay and you make that both in both in Angoras and uh... Locatelli line, is that correct? It's very correct, yes, but it's two different Friulano, like I said. The the Locatelli is a Friulano for everybody, okay? Okay. <laughs> for yeah. uh, uh, That's the... the first uh, step uh, to the Friulano. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you want to introduce this kind of wine, uh, it's best uh, to begin to the Friulano Villa Locatelli. And the second is, uh, uh, is particular, it's very particular. So probably we produce not so many bottles for Friulano uh, Colli Orientali, but it's good so, because it's not so commercial. Okay. First of all, Malta, your English is fine. So you don't have to be afraid of speaking because you're, we, you, you express yourself and we completely understand you. Having said that, I know you have a daughter, you said, Julia. Is she also working with your company? And are there other family members working in your company? Okay. Yes, uh, he tried to begin. Okay, mm -hmm. Julia. How old is she? Yeah. yeah, I'm 21 and I'm starting to working with her especially in the commercial areas, so I can also travel. And uh, uh, last summer we went to Barcelona to do a little journey. And, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's really it's really beautiful. It's a beautiful um, world of working and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. <laughs> For travel, it's better the young. <laughs> it's very hard to travel around. And you know that for, uh, uh, and Michele know better than me, that uh, if you want to sell the wine, you, you have to go, you have to travel, and you have to explain directly the quality and to taste together. Okay. And do you have other family members working with you? Yes. Uh, now I, I am inside with my sister and my father and my brother and the four and how are the different and Julia is the, the, how, the, how do you divide like working in a family how do yes how is that like? okay i'm the uh, <laughs> uh administratore the, okay the boss the boss you're the boss <laughs> my sister is italian uh, commercial okay she she deals with the italian market italian market mm -hmm. And my brother is uh, in the in the agriculture because uh, 600 hectares that I that I said before is only 100 vigna. The rest uh, is agriculture. It's corn mm -hmm. is uh, nuts. Uh, is a oh, lot of uh, so yes. you're you're doing other farming. Yes, yes. Oh, and wow. my father look uh, uh, how we can do if we do well or not and so decide he, he's the conductor <laughs> of the orchestra yeah yes. he's very worried <laughs> but he's still active he's still working in the company uh he's still mm, like mm, uh, representing the 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 ideas that mm, he wants us to carry on uh, in mm -hmm. the um, in the in the estate but unfortunately his physical condition cannot uh give him the the, the strength to work sure sure i understand so listen it was very nice to listen to you and get to know your family a bit um thank you very much thank you very much uh michele you know we're doing a little maybe perhaps something in february in your area so we're going to reach out to you personally 
uh, later with uh, through Manuela Michele. So we'll, absolutely, we'll talk, yeah, we'll talk about that. I'm going to bring back on Laika. Ciao, Laika. Ciao, Stevie. Okay, so tell us what else is going on. We're nearing the end of the year. But I know this wasn't the very last show before the holidays, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so You're going this, to make me work a little bit more. This is the last one. No, this is the last one, I'm sure. So we've got Jamie. She's actually here in the audience. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, she's she's new on Clubhouse. So you see the icon there. Oh, great. Um, yeah, and then she's going to interview Valeria Costa of Palmetto Costanzo. Okay, so and what that's is this December happening? 20. Yeah, the oh, last next week. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Welcome, Jamie. I see your party hat. Also, Martha had a party hat. So thank you for coming on to uh, Clubhouse. And I hope to see you soon. Buona feste a tutti. Ciao, ragazzi. Happy Christmas. Bye. Ciao. Bye. Bye bye. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, chin chin.